Mexico decriminalizes cannabis, what that means for Clever Leaves and other companies moving into Mexico, and what the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas says about it all. Coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to dive into a couple articles about the potential for just legalization in general, starting with Mexico. To talk about all of this, Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. So Supreme Court is forcing Mexico to try and legalize anyways. It looks like there was a, a court ruling that ordered the Mexican government to issue permits for personal use and cultivation of small amounts of cannabis plants for any citizens 18 or older who applies. But it also looks like there's going to still be some crimes around cannabis, like trafficking is going to be a crime, dealing is going to be a crime, and uh, there won't be any um, pullback on federal spending to seek out illicit crops. Uh, simply, Josh, what the Mexican Supreme Court did was legalize personal grow and personal use. Uh, they're trying to push commercial grow, commercial use, and commercial sale, uh, but uh, it seems to be stalling in their in their uh, government. They're not they're not passing it. So, still personal use. Yeah, nonetheless, so it should be pretty good, um, an opportunity for uh, for Mexico. I mean, when college, Mexican brickweed was this compact, nasty stuff, brown, kind of came um, when everyone was dry right around August, right before harvest season um, with seeds and everything. So hopefully this will be able to, to uh, offer an opportunity to provide something that people actually want to smoke. Um, Clever Leaves coming into Mexico to make that happen uh, based out of college. Um, Colombia, almost said Colorado. <laughs> uh, Colombian company, you know, they're able to process down there for as little as um, five cents per gram wholesale or cost of goods sold rather, uh, and expect that to be about 15, 13 to 15 cents for a European GMP. Don't know what it's going to be when it kind of is able to get maybe NAFTA, um, North American Free Trade Agreement. Um, what is that? Uh, kind of a loophole there, a little tax advantage of being able to get the cannabis in tax-free. I don't know, you think that's an opportunity? I think Clever Leaves is being smart and playing the odds. Um, you and I have spoke multiple times about the cost efficiencies of growing where crops grow as opposed to British Columbia or Saskatchewan or Alberta, where it's very expensive to grow. Uh, but as far as Mexico and taking advantage of a tax break under NAFTA to import uh, Mexican cannabis into the United States, I, I think that's a long play, but might be a smart play to be honest with you. Um, so what we have here is Canada trying to dominate the cannabis universe with varying levels of success. Uh, secondly, uh, Mexico, uh, which has the better climate than Canada and most of the United States, uh, you know, the U.S. is going to be covered on all sides and NAFTA covers both Canada and Mexico, Josh. So we'll see. 
According to a recent report by Prohibition Partners for Latin America, the Mexican medical market is forecast to reach 60 million by 2024. Um, that's obviously going to be a lot higher if they have a legalized market. But initially, it looks like Clever Leaves is only going to supply the Mexican cannabis uh, market with CBD. So, I mean, it's a it's an entryway, <laughs> a gateway okay. into other revenue. You got to get in somehow, you got to get a footprint and you have to make some money until the, that legalization occurs. So CBD is a, is a good entry point. Yeah. So when is it going to happen in the U.S.? So apparently Supreme Court Justice uh, Thomas had said that um, he stated based on a ruling that that just came up Um and they chose not to hear the tax deductions claimed by a Colorado medical marijuana dispensary. It prompted him to issue an, a statement, basically, where he said that a prohibition on interstate use of cultivation marijuana may no longer be necessary or proper to support the federal government's piecemeal approach. So he said the federal policies of the past 16 years have greatly undermined its reasoning. And the federal government's current approach is half in, half out regime that simultaneously tolerates and forbids local use of marijuana. Josh, this comment uh, by Justice Thomas is huge. Uh, first of all, it sort of indicates how the Supreme Court feels about cannabis uh, by, uh, by a little offhand statement from one Supreme Court justice of why they wouldn't even hear the case. It, but it's monumental because it, it indicates should the proper case appear before the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court's gonna take it and effectively uh, knock down federal marijuana laws uh, because it is, it's ridiculous to have states legalize it and the federal government uh, criminalize it. it. It doesn't make sense. It, it results in hodgepodge regulations and banking and, and all of this other stuff that we have discussed multiple times before. But interestingly, the case that was before the Supreme Court, uh, so what, what happened was uh, somebody in Colorado petitioned the Supreme Court to hear a case about 280E. And that's the, that's the tax code that says you can't write off uh, ordinary business expenses when it's a criminal enterprise. And, and we've talked about 280E before, but um, <laughs> the, the, the Supreme Court declined to hear that case, but Justice Thomas issued this uh, verbiage in the order in which they declined to hear the case saying, this is ridiculous get your ducks in a row, figure it out, because if the Supreme Court has to rule on it, they're going to rule against the federal government. And, and that's basically what Justice Thomas said. Yeah, and it also stops the pipeline of further prosecution, because the IRS might not necessarily go after somebody. Um, there's also sheriff's departments and, and local police that just won't won't go after it. So basically, if there's not any prosecution, then why even waste your resources at the very beginning, if it's not if nothing's going to happen. So yeah, clear indication, great sign that something has to happen. Um, I'm glad somebody wasn't, you know, that everyone wasn't silent, 
uh, Justice Thomas had something to say about it, like figure it out. This, you know, might as well make some money in it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then last comment about Justice Thomas is Justice Thomas is widely viewed as one of the more conservative members of the court. Mm. So this isn't uh, our beloved RBG out there banging a drum. This is Justice Thomas saying straighten up and fly right federal government. Uh, and that adds even more weight to his comment. Yeah, this would be the last um, justice that you would expect to say anything on, on positive on behalf of cannabis. This is one of the most conservative, um, you know, quote unquote, right wing um, court justices. So, I, yeah, like you said, it's a it's a great sign that he's kind of saying that this is ridiculous. We're not going to we're not going to take the case because you're 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 not doing anything. You know, the federal government's not doing anything. The um, what was that one case that they had back in Obama's era? The uh, the letter that went out. The Cole memo. Yeah, so I think he was referencing that too. Um, that they basically have this this philosophy where they're not going to be doing anything at the federal level. So why even prosecute it? So um, all in all, great news. Maybe Justice Thomas's comments bode well for Clever Leafs trying to take advantage of NAFTA in Mexico, Josh. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to wrap this up. I think uh, ultimately um, this kind of paves the way for a lot more consolidation into the marketplace for Canadian companies and, and global companies kind of seeing this legalized sandwich with Mexico and Canada, the U.S., uh, creating opportunities here. Um, and Clever Leaves jumping on board with that first mover advantage getting in with CBD. We'll have to find out what happens. So with that, we're going to roll this one up. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Glogowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being back on The Talking Hedge. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.